welcome again, guys. Episode 3 of Boncourt Sports Talk. I'm Cass. I'm Daka. We got an awesome slate of topics for you guys today. Number one is going to be our first fantasy football mock draft of the year. Daka, you hype? Let's freaking get it. All right, so what we're going to do for you guys is just the first two rounds. Uh, me and Daka will each give our first pick, second pick, and so on. Uh, up to 20. So it's we're, we're modeling this based off of a 10-team PPR league. So uh, I guess let's just dive straight into it. All right. Um, you want to start us off with your pick number one? Have you thought this through? Yeah, I got uh, I got my first pick. Uh, All right, let's go. I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor. I like the addition of Matt Ryan coming in. I think they'll get yeah. to that uh, end zone more. I think it will help Michael Pittman too. Uh, a lot, but more red zone time for uh, Jonathan Taylor. More touchdowns for him. I still think he's going to be that workhorse. I got yeah, I'm Jonathan gonna Taylor take... over him. Over Derrick Henry for me. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. Love it. All right. Pick number two. Who you got? I I I'd probably say Derrick Henry. I was going to say because I was really close to saying Derrick Henry for first pick, but yeah, uh, I'll just take JT. For first pick, and then Derrick Henry for second pick. All right, pick three, where it starts to get interesting. Oh, man. Just, just like, to go over the first one, though, like, quickly, I still think Derrick Henry could be the number one. It's just worrying about injury again. That's the whole thing with, like, Christian McCaffrey, how he, like, yeah, how you don't know where he's going to fall now because uh, that, that, work, that workload that the, both of them are getting and now injuries might have just caught up with Derrick Henry. You never know. I kind of I kind of look at it. Uh, obviously, he's much less mileage on it, but like kind of like the James Harden thing, where James Harden wouldn't get hurt throughout his entire career, be the huge workhorse, not necessarily workhorse, but the offensive workhorse rather. And, and then, then after he, his first injury, yeah, one hamstring injury, and then yeah. it was just downhill. Um, yeah. for the third pick, <sighs> this one's tough, man. You, I honestly could see a receiver coming going in here. Yeah. Um. Me too. I'm gonna go. Damn it! I'm gonna go. I'll go Cooper Cup. You got Cooper Cup? I'll take. I'll take. I'll put Cooper Cup there. I don't mind I, it. I'm gonna take Cooper Cup too. I like it. I'm on the same page until until so now. So far, yeah. So far, top three is the same. All right, let's move on to pick number four. Who you got? Man. I'm gonna be honest. I I I I know like there's a, that little shakiness with his injuries. I'll, I'm still I'm gonna take Dalvin Cook at four. Cook at four. Yeah, I think with the new coach, I I still think I think they're good in the red zone even more this season. I don't so, even like Kirk Cousins, but yeah, I'll take Cook. I'll take Cook at four. So at four, I'm actually taking. Uh, so this is the first divide between mm-hmm. us. I'm taking Dalvin Cook's <coughs> teammate. I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I like that. I like that. Um, one. We got two receivers off the board in the first four. That's a rare sight, I know. Yeah. But, man, these two guys are obviously the two top dogs, no matter what. I mean, unless you might see Devontae uh, playing really well in Vegas, but that's still a sort of a question mark. I think Justin yeah. Everson takes another stride, and you might see wide receiver one from him. So I like it. Plus, Devontae uh, and, uh, and Hunter Renfro kind of play similar styles, so you want to see how that slot gets used. Yeah. They're both great route runners as well. So exactly. Right, anyway, pick number five. Who you got? Um, I'm debating between a few. I'm gonna go. Damn man. I'm gonna take Austin Eckler. I I, I think Eck, the Chargers are gonna Eck. be just as good as they were last season, but obviously better offensively. I think they will score more. Mm-hmm. You got Eckler. I'm going to take. I'm actually going to take Alvin Kamara. Oh. Because I know he had a down year and the Saints had just lost Breeze. And I know it wasn't an Alvin Kamara-esque season, but he still he still played well. I think this year he just goes back to his old ways. Mm. Man, he looks so nonchalant, by the way. Like every time he gets the ball, literally, dude, he's like he's jogging. So effortless, but but I see Alvin Kamara. I, what is that pick five, right? Yeah. All right, let's go to six. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Christian McCaffrey. I'm, I'm McCaffrey I, despite all six. that. I, I'm expecting a healthy season this season. I'm expecting all that time off. A lot of hydration. I hope this dude don't pull another muscle. I'm thinking he yeah. can go six, and I think it could be a good steal, a really good steal at six. I'm going Austin Eckler at <coughs> six. So like give me Eck. Um, yeah. Right. It's PPR. So there's that. All right, moving on to pick number seven. We're in the uh, latter half of the first round now. So I might. I think I'm going to go Justin Jefferson at seven. Yeah, I was going to say you got to take him off the board, man. <laughs> yeah, the, the those two receivers – Cup and Justin Jefferson, obviously Jamar Chase too. The receivers are, I think, are bigger this year than they were last year. So, I took Eckler with my sixth pick. You just took mm-hmm. J. Jeff with your seventh. My seventh pick. I'm leaving McCaffrey on the board. Ooh ah, ooh ah. <laughs> yeah. But I am. <laughs> I am gonna take Devonte Adams at seven. I like it. I don't hate it. He might, you know, honestly, he might fall out of the first round. Like, in some, in some, I, I do like him at seven, yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't know. I, I Remember, I'm taking Devontae over Delvin Cook here. Yeah, you're right. I'm really valuing availability. Like, I want, yeah, so, let's see what he can do with Derek Carr. I'm taking him at seven. I'll right, go, I'll go pick eight. I'll take Alvin Kamara. I was, I was, I was, I'm, I was slipping between him and Najee Harris. Then uh, I'm gonna go Alvin Kamara at eight. Yep, yep. And this is where I take Najee Harris. There you go. Najee Harris at eight. I'm taking him above Dalvin Cook. I'm taking him above Christian McCaffrey. Um, and C Mac and the two top picks last year going uh, out of the out of your top eight. Yeah, because uh, for me, like I said, availability. Here's what I see with Najee Harris. I see a guy who had a low yards per carry last year. Yeah. yeah, he was still a t- he was a fantasy dog. He was a beast. I think he was was he top five running back. I think um, uh, he's, he's definitely up there though. He was definitely up there. And and that was with just such bad efficiency. Yeah. And uh, this year, I see him only improving on that. You know, they got picking in the draft. They're trying to improve. Um, and he's definitely an integral part of that. So I, I'm taking Najee over C Mac and over Delvin Cook this year. I like it. I'm going Najee at nine. So Najee that's my next one. Nice. Yeah, I have to. I have to go Najee nine. Um. I okay. Here, so I have a choice to make. <laughs> but I'm gonna take C Mac at nine. Okay. At bottom of the first. I know last week on buy sell I said that C Mac could drop out of the first round in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, not quite drop out for me, even though I bought that take. But nine, take him at nine. It's close though. It is close. Yeah. All right, and 10th pick, I have I have anywhere between I, – I got two people I'm looking at. I'm going through either – both Bengals. I'm going either Joe Mixon or Jamar Chase. Mm. And I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase over Joe Mixon. Over Joe Mixon, yeah. Not a bad pickup. I see a I – see, I only see improvement from uh, yeah. Jamar. Whereas, I definitely do see though, uh, like obviously circumstances, depending on uh, like who has that pick or who ha- who's picking in that area, they definitely will have more like uh leeway. Be like, okay, so if you're picking at number eight and you have Mixon or Chase, yeah, you're gonna pick depending on uh what you think you're gonna be able to get in the next round. Yeah, that's true. Usually, you end up with a receiver in the next round, so exactly. you probably take the running back in the first or. I don't know if Joe Mixon goes in the first, though, because I don't think Joe Mixon takes any strides this year. I think he's, like, we know what he can do now. Yeah. Uh, he's a bell cow on a good offense. <coughs> Hopefully he can stay healthy this year and ball out again. Exactly. But with my ninth pick, or tenth pick, sorry, I will take Delvin Cook now. Sorry. Delvin Cook goes 10 for me. I hope he can stay healthy. If he's healthy, it's a, he's impossible to stop. So, for, Yeah, no, that is, so that, that is, dude, that guy... Dalvin, Dalvin Cook in the red zone is disgusting, and not even red zone, in the open field. That guy, that, that guy will screw people. That's why, that's why he was top two pick last year. Him and C Mac, obviously C Mac, we know him, but like Dalvin Cook explodes. He, yeah. he, people I had, Del- I picked him up him. last year. Dalvin Cook and he's insane. Or actually, no, I, I might you have traded, traded for him. him. You traded me. You traded me. Yeah, you had you picked up Dalvin Cook yeah. and I traded for him. And for me, I I wanted to get rid of him, 
sort of like halfway through the year, and I did because, uh, man, he's just the injuries every single year. That's yeah. why he went 10 for me in this draft. I know he could do it if, if he was healthy for a full season, probably running back three or two. Yeah. But uh, we haven't gotten that from A him. lot of these picks are, ba- are, are like, surrounding around uh, the fact that, like, a lot of these guys are, have been getting hurt repeatedly. Yep. All right, let's go uh, round two, pick number yeah. one. Who I go got? right back to Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon at the top of round two. For me <coughs> at the top bit, yeah. for me at the top of round two, I'm going with the fucking dog, Jamar Chase. Um Yeah, I can't leave him on the board for too long, and I'm definitely choosing him over Stefan Diggs this yeah. year. Alright. Uh damn. I'm gonna go. Wow, man, this is interesting. I'm gonna go DeAndre Swift. Uh, even though it is Detroit, I, I really hope he stays healthy. This one, I think this one's a reach. This is a little bit of a reach. No, you're talking. Um, you're talking like a top three O line in the league. You're talking yeah. probably the best O line in the conference. Definitely. Like, he's running behind that O line, and that team is only getting better. Yeah, they're getting more and more weapons opening it up for him. I think the screen plays for that team will actually be much more insane. Healthy, a healthy Hawk. Hopefully, uh, Amonra St. Brown was insane at the end of the year last year. Yeah. That team's offense could actually be top 10 offense am, if they if everything comes together. I am taking him over Devontae Adams, though. I think, especially running, back. running backs, yeah. Yeah, PPR. Um, but he does get his receptions. So exactly, yeah. Um, okay, what are we, round round two, pick two? I picked uh, Jamar Chase at the top of the round. Mm-hmm. The second pick of the round, I'm going to have to go with, excuse me for all those who are uninformed, excuse <laughs> you actually, but Javante Williams is going to be my round two, pick two. Jeez. And Javante Williams is going to take such a big step this year. You guys will see, man. No more splitting carries for the dog. He was a beast when he played, when he got his touches, when he finally got into the rotation in the second half of the season. I know my buddy Adam Eunice knows about this because he put me on to the Javante Williams hype. But this year, I'm taking a pick number 12, man. Give me Javante Williams. You don't think that that re-signing Melvin Gordon is going to affect it at all? And Melvin Gordon, isn't he damn near 30 years old? Yeah, to be fair. Let me see how old he is, just to be sure. Because for me, I, it doesn't it doesn't change anything. Yeah, he's twenty nine years old. Damn. I mean, that's that's uh right Not outside. Horrible, but yeah, it's right outside that running back uh, prime age in the NFL. So I'm I'm taking Javante Williams. You're taking Javante over DeAndre Take. Swift, Joe Mixon, and the. Did you I'm taking Javante and and no, I took C Mac. Uh, okay. And yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Give me, okay, give me Javante Williams. I can see him over. I can see him over Saquon potentially. I definitely yeah, 100%. see it. Uh, I I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep hoping on Saquon though. I I really do believe there's a chance, man. As long as he doesn't get hurt, that O line so, is just so bad. So who's your pick thirteen? Um, I'm gonna go Devonte Adams. I think okay. it's it's really far down. I think that's a, I think whoever gets him at thirteen is gonna be really happy. Yep. All right. So Devonte Adams at pick thirteen. For you and for me at pick 13, I am going to go Joe Mixon now. Um, Mixon, I see a repeat year of what he did last year as long as he can stay healthy. And uh, if I had no doubt that he would stay healthy all year, I would have taken him in the first round. But yeah. I always have my doubts with Mixon. So he's in the second round, top of the second round for me. For sure. Pick 14. I'm going to go back to a receiver. I'm going to go to Tyree Kale. Nice. Okay, Tyree Kill on the Dolphins. So I you think, see, uh, the I don't, I don't there. worry too much as about Tua, as I do have like, I think Tyreek as a player is is too good. He, he, the way the way he is built and the way he's going to be running in the system in any system, uh, yeah. I wouldn't even worry about him. If if he was on the Lions, if he was on the Jags, I wouldn't even worry about him as much. Obviously, not as high, uh, on like lower teams, but the, I'd, I'd still take him higher. I still think Devontae Adams could go top two or top three receivers. But, yeah, uh, yeah, like, it's just dependent on what you think uh, the rest are going to do. Yeah, I took – remember, I took Devontae, like, halfway before you took him. I took him at seven. You took him at you 13. Took him, yeah, so. you took him right after Justin Jefferson. And I think I, I, I could have made a mistake there, 
they can chase over him. Honestly, I could even see him. I mean, going I, over I see, Jefferson. I see it in some mock drafts, so it's yeah. not the worst. I could even see him going over Jefferson. We'll see though. I, I just want to see how that team plays out. So my pick fourteen, Dalvin Cook's off the board. Joe Mixon's off the board. Mm-hmm. I know people love taking running backs early, and I do too. Uh, but but this time around, I did take more receivers. I did toss in more receivers than I normally yeah. would. But give me DeAndre Swift at pick fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, DeAndre Swift behind that O line, definitely like he could be first round value this year, just like you know. Javante Williams can. Exactly. So, I'm taking DeAndre. For my next pick, um, I might take another receiver. I might take Stephon Diggs. Now, All see, right. Debo Samuel, I might, might. Uh, Debo Samuel, now, I don't know what the hell's happening with this dude, man. Yeah, the question mark. with the... you, think, you think the Niners will hold out with him? I, th- I think. So, I haven't heard the latest update on Debo, but I think he's going to remain with the Niners, right? You think they're going to keep holding out? I don't. I feel like they're just not going to trade him. People are saying he should have extended. The Niners should have extended him earlier. Yeah, they probably regret it now. It's going to be um, interesting, man. But we'll see. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go Javante Williams. Rather, yeah, Russell Wilson added to that offense is going to boost him. I'm, I'm going to go Javante Williams. Okay. What, what are we at? Pick 15? <coughs> um, either, yeah, 15 or 14. I can't remember. Yeah, I took I took Swift at 14, so we're at 15. Yeah, you right, took 15. Javante at 15. I took Javante at 12. Yeah. So not, not too shabby there. I'm going to – with my 15th pick, I'm going to go uh, – hold on. Let me make sure I'm, I'm picking properly here. Yeah, so I took Swift. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that dude, Stephon Diggs, to have a bounce back year. I know in 2020, career year, insanity, uh, top three receiver. I know yeah. uh, that's when I made the fantasy championship in my league um, that you were in, and yeah. I ended up losing because of Stephon Diggs dropping 40 in the championship, which was just <laughs> insanity. So. I'm going to take Stephon Diggs to, to bounce back and to be that dude for Josh Allen again um, rather than the down year he had last year. So, yeah. I mean, he was still he was still good last year. Don't get me wrong. But of course. Wasn't as uh, explosive. Pick 16. Let's get it. Yeah, I think I think he's fallen too far for me. Uh, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey at 16. Kelsey at 16. So I yeah. was debating taking Diggs or Kelsey. Yeah. But I'm going to take that bearded motherfucker at pick 16. <laughs> Just like you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it speaks for itself. Best tight end in the league. I know Andrews was number one last year. Yeah. Uh, but with the loss of Tyreek Hill on that the That is going to open up, especially it, short. Yeah. I mean, it'll, I'm, I'm not sure if it'll open up more so, but it, it will definitely get him more targets. Oh, so yeah. I'm that. saying he'll open up. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's definitely not going to – he's going to get looked at a lot more for sure. And then on the Ravens, defenses. you lose Marquise Brown, and then so Andrews uh, – We'll get more targets there too. Of course. But I just think Kelsey takes number one this year. Hundred percent. No matter what you have. Pick seventeen. Uh, I'm going. I'm going with Diggs right there. Okay, Stephon Diggs at at uh, what was it seventeen? Yep. And wait, didn't you take Diggs at fifteen? No, uh, I was going to take Diggs, and then oh, I ended you, up going. I went Tyreek at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I also took Javante. At 14 or 15, I can't remember. So at 17, I got decisions to make here. Um, cause I, here here's the thing. I got four picks left. And I'm trying to see who deserves to go in this round right now. <clears throat> you know, I can sneak a lot of guys in here. I remember uh, some people last year, believe it or not, at this point, in the summer, they wanted Travis Etienne in the second round, right where I'm picking right now. Uh, but That's after his injury, insane. after his injury, I think he goes maybe in the fourth or, or fifth yeah. um, this year around. So with my 17th pick, I think I'm going to go on ahead and take James Conner. I dude, I was going to say something about that. Him resigning with Arizona, and I think uh, what was it, Chase Edmonds going going to Miami. He went to Miami. There you go. And he's so so Chase Edmonds no longer in the mix. Uh, James Conner is the clear cut feature back, no doubt about it. 
Uh, there is concerns that if he gets a huge workload, he could get injury prone. Yeah. But man, I had him in the last six weeks of last year. Huge. Holy shit! Did he huge. bounce my like bounce my season back? And so, they got Hollywood now. They got a huge deep threat to get them closer to the end zone. Yeah, get him close to the end zone. He he's he's on the running back one radar, man. He's, he's fringe. Man. And he can definitely bounce up there. So I'm gonna take James Conner at 17. I think he could be huge. All right, pick 18. They are taking him over a lot of people, though. You took him over Tyreek Hill. I did take him over Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's That's a running crazy, back. Yeah. Hey, that is huge, though. No, no, that, don't get me wrong. He will be huge. So, I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I think uh, I'm. A, I'm just gonna say let's let's say Debo Samuel plays in full. Um. Yeah, if Debo Samuel pay, plays in full, does not miss a game during during the season, uh, and gets his workload, even if he doesn't want that exact same workload as he had at the Niners, I, I, I'll i take him now. I'll take Debo Samuel right here. Was it 18 or 19? Yeah, 18. Okay, yeah. so have I taken Jamar Chase yet? You have, yeah, yeah. You took, I'm pretty sure you took him. You took him earlier. I know I took Mixon. I had to have taken Chase, right? I think I, I think I did take Chase. I think I, think I took him with 11. It was either, yeah, I think Chase you took it like earlier, like 11. I, I don't know. I don't remember when you took Mixon, if you did. Yeah, I did take Mixon. Okay. I'm glad I took Chase because I'd be upset with myself if I didn't take him and he was still yeah, up yeah. at 18. But there is someone else who's still up at 18 that should be off the board at a, at maximum 18, and that mm-hmm. is uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Because I would say Debo Samuel here over Tyreek Hill uh, with the rushing touchdown potential and, uh, you know, just a huge strides he took last year. But you got the contract issues. I'm taking Tyreek Hill because – He's been working. He's been working like a dog with Tua, trying to build that chemistry. And uh, I'm excited to what they bring us this year. So 18. He's been advocating for it, too. I need a speedster. A cheetah. All right. At 19, uh, I'm uh, I'm. this is probably the last year where I don't, like, I'd be comfortable forcing it. And if he doesn't do something, if that O-line doesn't help him out, if that offense doesn't help him out. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I'm going to go Saquon. Saquon at 19, nice. It's a good risk. It's a good risk-taking draft position. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're drafting 19, if you picked second overall and you got a great pick in the first round and now you're sniffed RB2 around. Saquon. Yeah, exactly. So it, that's not a bad risk to take. I like mm, that. Uh, actually. What? <laughs> Man, I don't. No, no, I'm going to go Saquon. I'm going to go Saquon. I'm the, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'll, I'll pick this guy next, but. Uh, I just I can't I can't believe I left him this low, but I could actually see him going this low with the way it's a really stacked draft this year, man. It really yeah. is. Yeah. All right. Uh, pick number nineteen. For me, I still have Debo on the board, and I still have Leonard Fournette on the board, mm-hmm. and I still have C D Lamb on the board. Who? Uh, Same. Wide receiver one now. Wide receiver one now. I'm taking CD Lamb. I like it. Give me CD over. Listen, give me CD over. Uh, <coughs> Debo. Debo. Give me CD over. Chris Godwin. Give me CD over Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's debatable. You could probably take CD over Tyree Kill and get away with that. Yeah. Because potentially, uh, potentially. And that offense is good. But that Tyreke. offense in Dallas, it started off so hot in the beginning of the season, and CD. Could just dominate this year. He he could be a wide receiver one for fantasy for sure. He definitely can. So, um, I'm gonna go Nick Chubb at twenty. Nick Chubb at twenty. Yeah. No reception, Chubb in PPR. Yeah, it's pick. it's it's all the way down at twenty. Um, I think like I him between him and Leonard Fournette for me. Uh, I could also go CD. I'm just, gonna go Chubb if I mean especially if Watson plays. Um, yeah, I, I I think I think I'd let Chubb fall down way too much right now. I don't know way. I don't. I. It's so hard for me to see Chubb going in round three, but I could see how he could s- scrape the beginning of round three. So for pick twenty for me, there's a lot of guys I can toss in here, man. You got AJ Brown still up on the board on a new team where they need a receiver. That's gonna be an interesting one, man. Yeah. You got David Montgomery who just blew up last season and balled out, and uh, and Demont he can really. Continue to take strides if Justin Fields improves. 
Think yeah. about it. If Justin Fields improves, it's only going to open the open the run game even more. Exactly. You look at the Ravens, what they did with their run game when Lamar became a better and better and better runner, and then he won MVP, and they had the best run game in the league. Well, Zuma can take advantage of that if Fields continues to improve. So I'm considering DeMont. Um, I'm considering Mike Evans. I'm considering all these guys. Um, but I think what I'm going to end up rolling with here is Debo Samuel. Because I yeah. think whether he ends up playing for the Niners or not, Debo Samuel is a lock to produce. It's and Debo Samuel. He's definitely at least like a mid-range wide receiver one or wide or low-range wide receiver one. Like that, yeah, at least a low-range wide receiver one. Yeah. It would I could have taken Fournette as well, but I'm I'm going to end up taking Debo Samuel and then you know, if I had that pick where I picked first overall, uh, and I picked a running back first overall. Then I could take Debo in the second uh, at the end of the round. And then once it snakes over to the third, I can take Leonard Fournette. So yeah. now you have two great running backs in Debo. Uh, so that might work out for you. We can definitely so go that over does the conclude the season. our NFL mock draft. Yeah. We'll yeah, definitely we, go we can over definitely the do a, season, another mock draft. You never know what happens. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know who's going to go to what Sometimes team. Sometimes right off-season news or injuries. Off-season Offseason interviews with coaches can change outlooks on players. They're really a coach can just say that a guy looks really good and that changes people's opinion. Moves yeah, the or how they're gonna end up using it sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Uh all right. So we did agree for the top three picks and we we had a small divide after Yeah. And then after that I took Devontae with my seventh, you took Devontae with your thirteenth. I took Javante with my twelfth, you took Javante with your fifteenth. Yeah. Uh, just to name some notable differences we had, but I really think all I in could all, like Yeah, go. Go ahead. I was just say all in all it this is a packed draft, bro. Like I'm looking Huge this year. and notable guys that we didn't mention. Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams, exactly. T. Higgins, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown on Arizona, Michael Pittman, Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell, JK Dobbins back, Jalen Waddle, now with the field stretcher on his team. Like Terry McLaurin, Amonra St. Brown. Like these guys can all go top of the second, but probably will end up going in the third. This fourth, draft so. is massive. You didn't even take Chubb in your top 20. I took him at, at 20, and he Hell, was like a top he, six pick last season. PPR is the only reason for me. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All right. He was even a top six pick last season, top eight pick last season in PPR. That's how crazy this uh, this draft is right now. Yeah, that's true. He did he did go top eight in PPR. So All right. But we do have uh, three more topics to cover today. Uh, so let's move on to... The NBA Finals, because they did conclude with an awesome Game 6. So, I wanted to talk about it real quick. Not not so much so what happened during the game, because the Warriors just took full control and they won. Abuse. But I do want to talk about the Finals MVP award. And, but first oh, of all, let it. me ask you this. Do you, be, do you believe Curry believe, uh, deserved the Finals MVP this year? Based of course, on his but it's not, it shouldn't even be a question. Uh, he, okay. The, this is this, this is his year, and he made a stamp with it too. What he averaged thirty some game. He was, and it wasn't even just like that quiet thirty some. It it was the loudest thirty some points you could have in a fucking finals. You obviously have LeBron James's performances in finals and stuff like that, but when's the last emphatic performance? Uh, even Giannis's performance. I think Curry's was louder this season. Yeah, Giannis dropping 50 in the finals is wild, though. That was huge, yeah. But I, I genuinely but, uh, think Curry's 35, Curry's 43 was louder for us. It was, it was more explosive to everybody than Giannis' 50. Yeah, the ball the ball really does go around in in Golden State. So for someone to drop 48, they got to be just taking control. Crazy. So shout out Curry. I do, I do believe he deserved it. But I want to ask, uh, do you believe that Andre Iguodala deserved his finals MVP award? Many years back, because well, well, let me just ask you that. Let's start with that. Do you believe he deserved it? Yes or no? I I think it was blown out of proportion. I think Steph definitely could have taken that. I he led his his team you, in a you, bunch you of just, bunch of. You stats. cut off for a second. Oh, oh. you were saying? Um, uh, what, I do you, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, I I think they kind of blew Iguodala's performance out of proportion. I I mm. I think he was great. I think it was huge for them. LeBron averaged 36 on him. I, I think they did blow it out of proportion. He had big moments. He was the second uh, leading scorer for Golden State. 
but then Steph was the next le- the highest leading scorer by ten points. The and yeah. Steph averaged six six assists, five rebounds. He had uh, almost he averaged almost two assists. He averaged the most assists uh for his team right behind I think Draymond. Yeah, so like the dude is having a great finals. It just wasn't as loud and as explosive as his entire season. I think people blew that out of proportion. Uh, and obviously, Iguodala's defense is huge. But I think so. Iggy, I think Iggy played great defense. He surprised us. He played better than we expected him to. Yeah. But LeBron still went off. Here's the thing with Andrew Wiggins, right? So I don't think I. So I do believe Curry deserved it this year. But let me just make mm-hmm. the comparison to you. Andrew Wiggins this year did what Iggy did, but even better. Much better. He completely shut down their superstar, Jason Tatum. He destroyed he put Jason him Tatum. Hell. He neutralized him. You watch the game. Jason Tatum was stepping out of bounds, throwing stupid turnovers. Like He could not get what he wanted. He could not take the game at a slow pace and score the way he wants to score. Um, you know, 100 turnovers in the, in the playoffs, and a lot of those came in the finals. And that's because of Andrew Wiggins. So I think Andrew Wiggins played better defense on Jason Tatum than Iggy did on LeBron James. By far. And then offensively, Andrew Wiggins, as a fourth option, or supposedly a fourth option, became the third option, or even second option, If honestly, in the finals. And he took a huge stride offensively in the finals. And on top of that, 15 rebounds, 16 rebounds, 13 rebounds. You know what I'm saying? So this guy was playing better than Iggy, in my opinion, in every facet of his game. Every single part of it. And he still didn't deserve the finals MVP. Exactly. So why the Steph hell? Curry was that much better, yeah. Why the hell does Iggy deserve his? Because yeah. Curry was still playing really well in the finals where Iggy won his finals MVP. Of course. It's not like Curry Second was having player. a horrible. So, you know, I, I don't think Iggy deserves it. It just doesn't make any sense to me, logically. I but, think, you know. I, yeah, Steph definitely played a lot better this finals. But in that finals, I, obviously Wiggins played a lot better than Iggy did. But Yeah, exactly. It, it, in that 2015 finals, I still think, I think Steph should definitely have two finals MVPs now. KD obviously got those two uh, in the other two yeah. series. But Steph definitely deserved the first one. Uh, I think it was just – it was those moments that Iggy would have against LeBron, I guess they blew out of proportion a lot. And obviously, he still, he still again, he still had a great season, but Wiggins was much bigger this uh, this playoff series. And obviously, Steph was this one. But Yeah. yeah so, that was definitely – So, we agree Iggy doesn't deserve his? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, Steph definitely deserved it much more in 2015. Without a doubt. Agreed. All right. So, give me a drum roll, because now we move on to the weekly segment, something that me and Doc are always excited for, buy buy and sell. And this week, we have an awesome set of hot takes from our fans over in uh, Boncor Betting, our Discord community. Um, Over there, we have guys that just gave us some great hot takes. Let me uh, me pull that Got over 160, nearly 170 members in Boncor Sports right now. Yes, sir. And so, about, what was it, like 15, 20 people paying right now? A couple on Lifetime? Most of them on Lifetime, actually. Yeah, that, yeah, we got a lot of Lifetime guys who are with us till we rot. <laughs> but, <laughs> man, we asked our guys over there to shoot us some hot takes for today. And over some. boy, did they deliver. So let's two start of off our, with... Uh, two of our Lifetime members actually delivered. Let's start off with the God El Chapo. That's his tag on Discord. <laughs> Uh, his hot take was that Cooper Cup is going to fall below the top five wide receivers by the end of the season, barring any injuries. Man. And do you buy or sell that? Because I know we took Cooper Cup with the third overall pick in our fantasy. Yeah, we took him high, man. We didn't even take him under the top five overall. But, but here's the thing. Sometimes you take a player just because you can't Almost. risk not taking him there. Exactly. You know what I mean? But do I think that Cooper Cup could fall below the top five? Yes, 100%. I do. I buy it. Because, here, I'll tell you why. I don't believe that for Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. I do believe that for Cooper Cup. Because Cooper Cup is a great route runner. He's in a great system. uh, And he probably is going to be top five. But do I believe it could happen? Yes, I do. Because um, he was so dominant last year. Mm -hmm. There's just no way they don't adapt this little (laughs) white guy running around the field wreaking mayhem, wreaking havoc like he was. There's just no way. I mean, he's not the fastest guy. Um, he's, he is really agile. He has great hands, but I don't know, man. Top five receiver production-wise, again, I just I, – I see it possibly not happening. 
I mean, um, I guess I don't fully buy it because it probably yeah. will happen with well, yeah, top five. Here. But I could see it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna sell it, but I I can understand that perspective though. I think he'll finish in the top five. Uh, but with your take with Justin Jefferson, I agree with that though. I think the Vikings need Justin Jefferson a lot more than the Rams need uh mm. Cooper Cup. Yeah. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson is just a better deep threat too. I don't know. I for sure. It, Cup, talent wise, I can't even say he's not even a top five talent. He's such yeah. a good route runner that he probably is a top five talent. Jefferson's definitely more athletic. He is definitely more athletic. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it. Actually, I'll change my I'll change my take on it. I'm yeah. gonna sell it. But I'm gonna sell it as well. I think he'll finish a, top five. But I I understand the perspective though. It's that definitely possible. Yeah. All right. Next take by D Camo. 9696, or in other words, Italian dude, as he would like to be called. (laughs) But he says that Argentina is going to win the World Cup and Messi is going to retire from international football after the World Cup is said and done. Um, And honestly, I'm going to buy this take, and I'll tell you why. I'll start us off with a buy. Argentina has gone 32 games without a loss, all wins and draws. Uh, They just beat... uh, they they just won that that exhibition game or the title or whatever you want to call it, that little trophy that Messi got. Yeah. But honestly, if you look at the left side of the bracket for the World Cup, um, I think Argentina would probably have to play against Germany. They'll mm. probably have to beat Germany. They'll probably have to beat Brazil. But I do think they're better than both of those teams. Um, okay. For that reason, I think they definitely have a great chance of winning the World Cup. Now... Would it be an amazing Cinderella story as if it was, like, damn near rigged for Messi to do this and retire on it? Yes, it would be that way. Um, And I'm rooting for it, honestly. I wouldn't mind it, so I'm going to buy that take. I'm uh, going to buy half of it. I'm going to go – I think Messi's going to retire internationally regardless of what happens. Yeah. Uh, For sure, in my opinion. And then as for them winning the World Cup – I have to sell that side. I okay. they're on a huge run right now, though. Don't get me wrong; it's crazy what they're doing right now. I, so, who do you who Argentina, do you got winning then? I I honestly I would take Portugal, France, wow. and Bel- Portugal's team overall. Bruno, apart from Ruben the keeper, Diaz. honestly, I think the keeper is their biggest weak link. But their team overall is is great. Their defense. Is much more refined as than it's ever been in uh several years. Even when they won the, the what's it called the Euro keeper for them, Rui Patricio or I think Patricio's probably still they're gonna be their keeper. Okay. Um, they had but uh I think Joao Felix is gonna emerge. Uh, Bruno Fernandez is gonna do great on Portugal. Uh, Bernardo Silva's huge. I the obviously Ruben Diaz has been insane. Uh, their fullbacks are solid. I I think Portugal, uh, could surprise a lot of people this year. Uh, Belgium is definitely a big one, uh, especially the way Courtois has been playing. De Bruyne, those two, yeah. those two particularly have been huge. Um, yeah, I can see all that. And uh, so uh, France, I can't, I can't go against France either. Yeah, I take those three over them. So you think the right side of the bracket with France and Portugal is just too strong, and you think they're gonna end up even if they make the it? Yeah. They, Obviously, some of the two seeds in each of the groups will end up going to the left side, but like it'll, we'll see how it ends up playing out. Yeah, I might even take Germany over them. Germany's, yeah. I don't know. That's that's tough. I don't it, know. It's close though. It's close. I don't know. Yeah, that one's closer than the other ones. I think. All right, let's move on. So you're selling. I'm buying. Let's move on yeah. to the next take, uh, from Ali Elsaman, our buddy, over from Dearborn. Um, he says that McCole Harbin from the Chiefs, uh, his true talent is gonna be displayed with Tyreek Hill's departure, and McCole Harbin posted 1,000 yard season this year, and right off the bat, I'm selling. Damn, really? You want me to say why? Or you want let's to hear. say your your take? Well, I'll hear yours first and I'll go over it. For me, it's uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's arrival. I think Schuster puts puts up like 900 yards. Travis Kelsey uh, is going to have a 1,000-yard season. Um, because of those two factors, I think Nicole is going to do well. He's going to be a great deep threat. Uh, maybe put up like 800, 900 yards just like Schuster does if he if he plays really well. Uh, maybe even like seven, eight touchdowns. But 1,000 yards, I think that might be a stretch. Um, if it happens, it's because there's an extra game in the season. Yeah, <laughs> but I just, I just don't see him actually doing it uh, at all. I'm, so. I'm gonna buy it. Uh, 
I honestly, I honestly think he's gonna. I think his play style is more fitting to Mahomes than Juju's is. Uh, I think Juju's mental might affect him a little. Uh, mm-hmm. but I still think Juju's gonna have to emerge with emerge huge with Mahomes. Uh, but yeah. I I think Hardman getting a thousand yard season and uh his explosiveness. This dude, hey, this dude can break out. We've seen him freaking explode on uh, on the field, but. Obviously, with Tyreek Hill there, you just completely overshadows it, and then obviously gives Kelsey. But Ty- Tyreek Hill's speed is, is similar play style to McCall Hardman, so I want I want to see how McCall Hardman does without Tyreek, and when they have Juju as like more of a like of a main type of slot type of receiver. Oh, uh, and then you have Hardman playing his his full on role, probably the Tyreek role even. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. buy it. So you uh you bought that one, and I sold that one. Yeah. Next take. From the same guy, Ali Alsama. And just from the looks of this one, it's a little preposterous. I'm selling it right away. Jalen Brown is better than Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown is more of that guy. And I'm going to sell it, and I'll tell you why. Let's hear it. To be able to say that, you have to genuinely forget what Jason Tatum did all the playoffs. Of course. First of all, Jason Tatum has a, has a bigger bag. All right? Let's, like, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Jalen mm. Brown still just struggles till this day with his dribbling sometimes. Yeah, Jason Tatum has a bigger bag. That's number one for me. Uh, number two, we're not going to forget Jason Tatum versus the Heat, versus the Bucks, and versus the, the Nets. How many times in the fourth quarter, with six minutes or less left to go, walked up to the three-point line, hit two threes in a row to pull away and take uh, to put the Celtics on a run and basically win them the game. We're not going to forget his clutch factor all right, because of one bad series in the finals. We're not going to forget mm-hmm. all of that. So I'm just going to sell that one right away and we'll move on to your opinion. Um I I'm kind of on the I'm on the bridge with this one. I think Jalen Brown is that guy. I think he has a deeper bag than Tatum. But I'm going to sell it cuz I do think uh Tatum is still overall the more well-rounded player. I think if Wiggins was on Jalen Brown the entire series, I yeah. don't think Jalen Brown would have struggled as much, but he definitely would have struggled uh, a lot. I Jason Tatum just looked de- defeated mentally, man. It, it, in the, like I, I remember this one play in the corner, he got the ball and he had kind of like a he had, he definitely had space to shoot for Jason Tatum's shot. He definitely had t- uh, space to shoot in the corner. Yeah. Uh, he saw Wiggins closing up on him. He kind of he kind of shook. It, it, he was mentally defeated in Game Six, especially. He was getting shut down completely. Uh, Wiggins has been uh, destroying him the entire series. Yeah. Uh, I think Jalen Brown is the deeper bag. I think he's a better finisher. Uh, but I do think Tatum's the better shooter, better ball handler, uh, definitely the better passer. Um, and yeah. so I, 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 I'm going to sell it. I definitely see the, uh, the look on it though. Okay. We both sell that one, but you can see it more than I can. Yeah. All right. Next up is Adam Eunice. Another one of our buddies over from I Dearborn. Love this one. He says that Juan Soto is going to go down as one of the best hitters of all time. Right away, bye. Bye, 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 bye. It's not even cl- I, the it's not even a hot take. I don't care. Listen, I don't even think it's a hot take at all. The guy, three years ago in the World Series, batted fourth in the order. And for those of you who are not baseball fans, if you don't know what that means, he's clean up. If any other batters are on base, they expect Soto. They trust Soto he's to convert an RBI. He's a slugger. And his eye discipline, he has the best eyes in baseball. Is that even a question? No, I mean, he, no, it can't be. Ever since he came into the league when he was 19, uh, people marveled at his ability to just know when it's a ball and let it go. He's just so good at it. And then, you know, some criticism you heard about him is like, it doesn't seem like he has enough power to be one of those great hitters. And I'm just like, that dude, dude slings, man. Get the hell out of here. His exit velocity is top 10 in the league. What are you talking this about? This dude is huge. So we're both buying that? He's had a, he's had a rough season. Uh, he's... Okay. Uh, I'm 100% buying it. That's not even close. He's Let's got go. 538 yep. hits, uh, and he's in the middle of his fifth year. Dude, yeah, get the I fuck mean, out of here. The guy's still 24 years old or something he gets like that. The, he gets the Ted Williams comparisons, Yeah, dude. He's, he's now batting second in the order. Uh, He's been batting second in the order all season this season. He's, he's batting dude, first he's, for the Nets? Uh, The Nets? No, he's batting second. No, I'm asking who's batting first. Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure Cesar Hernandez. Yeah, Cesar Hernandez. Oh, Cesar Hernandez. Okay. Yeah, and then they got uh, Nelson Cruz. And, and sometimes Soto will be third. Uh, in the order, they'll they'll swap yeah, around yeah. with uh with Josh Bell and Nelson. Being Cruz. first doesn't always mean you're the best hitter on the team. Yeah, you could definitely lead off, but uh no no no, it definitely never does. But um Soto, 
uh, is definitely better off as at the two or the three or the four. That's definitely his, his spot. He's yeah. had a rougher season this season. He's only batting two eighteen. That's pretty rough, but uh, he still I, I has uh, the for... most walks, I think, and he's also yeah. Uh, which is he's always been good at that. His his eye discipline is just nuts. it's great. He's 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 insane. He's five hundred thirty eight hits in the middle of his fifth season. That dude's gonna fucking he's gonna crack. All right. Now we move on to uh some more hot takes. We have some more for you guys today. Um, uh, and these next few, I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six of them, all come from one guy. The same guy who sent us hot takes last week. Is sending us another baggage of six of them this week. Uh, our buddy Abe Fawaz, again from Dearborn, Michigan. So shout out to Abe. And uh, let's get started. I'm excited for these because <laughs> last week they definitely had you heated on some of those wild takes. That <laughs> That's that Valentino one, man. That one, that, one was, that one was horrible. <laughs> All right. So his NFL takes this, uh, this week around are that Trevor Lawrence will underperform for the second straight season. And I'm going to go ahead and sell that. Really? Okay. I'm going to sell that. Um, what, what do you say? You got to see what his expectations are. I think, I think I'm think i going to buy it. Uh, he's kind of set up for failure. However, he does uh, ETN's back. They're going to have Robinson eventually. Uh, so we'll have uh-huh. a one-two punch in his backfield. And he's getting Christian Kirk. He has more weapons. He yeah. has, uh, I don't know, their coaching, their coaching issue is like, it's iffy. Um, yeah. he'll definitely do better the next season. Uh, but for you have Doug Peterson now from the Eagles. So. Yeah, for a generational talent in his sophomore year, I think probably we're probably like expect. I'm probably expecting too much from a guy. Uh, I'm not giving him yeah. enough time to like explode because obviously we've seen so many rookies and uh younger uh QBs like explode. But so are you are you buying it? I'll uh I'll buy it. I'll think I uh, I think he still will. Everyone's gonna still expect more from this generational talent QB that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, for me I'm selling it. I don't think he's gonna underperform. People are taking him as the 26th fantasy <laughs> QB, which is wild. Yeah. Um, let me let me read you his weapons: Christian Kirk, uh, Marvin Jones, Lavisca Chenault, yeah. and Zay Jones are his receivers. Uh, Evan Ingram is now yeah. his tight end. Travis Etienne. Uh, James Robinson are his running backs. So he definitely has some great weapons. Um, not uh, Let me not say great, but he has some good weapons. Much better than last season for sure. Right. Yeah, we're not talking about a guy who's playing with the star talent that the Vikings skill positions yeah. have, right? But they, they, they're trying their best. Not many people want to go play in Jacksonville in the first place. But, I mean, Christian Kirk is a good addition. They gave him a good contract. So hmm. I think he, he progresses. And because he progresses – I don't think that's underperforming. So I'm going to yeah. sell that take. All right. Next take from Abe. Tom Brady should have stayed retired because he will not win another ring. So what's the point? And I'm going to buy that. Mm. I'm going to buy it. I don't think Brady at that age is – I mean, I, I think he'll be fine. Like Kind of like Breeze was in his last year or two. Yeah. but I think he'll be better, way better than Breeze was. I, I didn't even like Breeze when he was last – yeah, but, like, you started to see the decline because of age catching up to you. Like, I get it. He's superhuman. He's the GOAT. He's amazing. He proved himself. All that good stuff. But, like, age is going to catch up to you, buddy. Like, whether you like yeah. it or not. Um, and so I think he should have retired. Retired. Uh, and, you know, I, I know they got bounced out the playoffs, and he's he's upset about that. But, like, dude, I don't know. I don't think they're going to win. Yeah. I don't I think they thinks- contend that, that strongly. He thinks he's uh he thinks he's better than everybody. I mean he like like he said in like those interviews, uh he keeps looking at looking back at these clips and stuff like that and these tapes and he's like how the hell am I gonna stay home just watching these guys play and these guys all suck and then uh, <laughs> if he if he thinks he's that good I can understand why he's back I I I'll buy the fact that he won't win another Super Bowl though, uh not with that team for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah I would have bought team. it. I would have bought it more if he was with Miami to be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm buying the take. Yeah, but I'll buy it. All right, NBA. Steph Curry would have four rings, whether or not KD joined the Warriors. Ooh, man, I don't know. I'm okay. I'm gonna sell it because I think LeBron would have won, like more at at least like let's say the Warriors did make the finals without KD. Yeah, 
um, those those two years where KD was winning them finals with them. Yeah. I think they would have lost to LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron was just so dominant in those playoff runs, man, that KD was – like, KD was matching him tit for tat, like, scoring-wise in the finals. That was the only reason the Warriors were able to win. Like, KD was putting up over 30 points a game. and, and He's uh, hitting those shots in those games. Literally, three, like, two minutes left in the, in, in the game, walking up to the three-point line and just – Back to back years, like that's what back KD was doing. Game three, back to back years. Smash yeah, right yeah, you remember right. that shot? So that, that's the KD effect. Um, I love Curry. Everyone knows I think he's the greatest point guard of all time, mm-hmm. um, or, at, or at least top two. And I don't think you can disagree with that. I think he passed Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, but I don't think he'd have four. I think maybe three if they could steal one against LeBron. I don't know if they would have. I'm selling yeah, it. Exactly. I'm selling so, it. So uh, I'm gonna sell it too, uh, just because. Um, I without KD they'd need their depth. I don't think their depth would have been as good as they had with Livingston Barbosa in that twenty fifteen. Harrison Barnes. Yeah, Harrison Barnes. They lost uh a few after twenty sixteen or going into twenty sixteen, I can't remember. Yeah. Um I don't I think they would have lost one of those series to the Rockets. I think the Rockets mm. would have made it and LeBron would have uh, gotten another ring there. Yeah, I, I think I think LeBron would have just dominated yeah. those those years without KD, hundred percent. All right, so we're selling? Um, yeah, so I'm All right, next sure. NBA, next and final NBA take of the day. LeBron will get one more ring before his career is over. Um, and you want me to start off? Go for it, yeah. I'm going to buy it uh, just because of, just because I don't completely believe he won't get one. Now, I don't want to mm-hmm. say that LeBron will get another ring, like 100%. Yeah. But if the Lakers make the right moves. Um, Talks about Kyrie. If if the Lakers make the right move, I don't, I'm not going to say they have to get rid of Westbrook because something about Westbrook is that people expected way too much out of him. And I think the Lakers didn't really expect that much out of him. He, They're not giving him his role, man. His original role, yes. Yeah. But they expected him to be less of what he used to be and more of, you know, like they paid him money based on what he used to be, but that's not what they expected from him. And they're pl- giving him a different role, which is not – that yeah, kind of money. exactly. Exactly. They're giving him a role that's not worth that much money. So, but I don't think it's Westbrook's fault. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do roster-wise. I think if that team's healthy all year, they make the playoffs. Yeah. Um. You hear those talks about Kyrie, man. Kyrie. Uh, I, I just, AD, man. I don't know if AD can be healthy. That's Kyrie thing. being in talks with the Knicks and the Lakers because of this issue with the Nets. Yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. So we're both Knicks fans, for him. Yeah, yeah, see, you know, I see a bunch of Knicks fans on Twitter saying they would not want it. They really do not want Kyrie. They're That's freaking wild. Idiots. They're, well They're so stupid. Idiots. I don't care, man. I don't care about any of his issues that he has. Like, you never <laughs> know. Maybe he falls in love with Madison, Madison Square Garden and becomes the old Kyrie. Like, I, I would. What issues? Just for the, Kyrie just for the nervous. chance of it. But anyway, anyway, good take. Fucking Kyrie. Us Knicks fans getting carried away. <laughs> yeah, so. But, but the take. LeBron will get one more ring. I'll buy it. I think, um, I think he can get another ring. I think he can. I don't know if he will. I'll buy it just because of the sole fact that he can. It's LeBron. I think he's still hungry. What if, uh, get, what, what if he goes to the Warriors and they just win another ring? <laughs> that's that, That'd that be fucking insane. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, no but, shit. He'd fucking win it then. But yeah. uh, I, I, I'd go LeBron to uh, – I think if he builds the right team around him, he can easily get it. I think if he gets some bench help, he'll get it. Yeah, the guy, The guy can still ball. At, at a prime LeBron, well, at a near prime LeBron level, he's, he's, he's dude. If he wants to, he could drop all the fuck you fifty and <laughs> all the fuck fine. you fifty. Like, <laughs> no, he's, dude, like, he's, he's done it. He did it against the Warriors this season. Like he, I didn't uh, expect that. That yeah, was it'll, funny. It'll be fine. It'll be fine man. <laughs> the little fuck you three pointer that he does. I'll buy it, man. The little fuck you three is the greatest thing on the planet. Yeah, that shit was funny as fuck. Ever. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but he kind of. That's the thing. He really kind of dropped a little fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Like. like all right. And if it comes to the finals, dude's taking over. You you know you don't have to worry about LeBron's performance in the finals. Yeah, that's why I was ho- I was kind of hoping they make the playoffs just so I can see playoff LeBron in effect. You want to see him again, man? Dude, he's so fucking fun to watch when he's in it, when he's locked in. Yeah. All right. Um, next take. Got two UFC is, takes. Yep, two UFC takes. Kobe Covington will have to switch divisions if he ever wants to win the gold. I'm buying it. Yeah, buy it. Okay, where do you think he'd go? Uh, I'm not sure where he'd go, but I'm just looking at the welterweight 
and he's not beating Kamaru <coughs> Usman. Like, here's what would have to happen. Like, Kamaru has to beat Leon, which he will. Yeah. Um, and then Kobe... Uh, that's that's going to be tougher than you think, but yeah. Yeah, I think he wins. And then I think uh, probably, like, what? Kobe versus Hamza. Um, winner of that versus Kamaru. And I don't even know if... Like, Hamza, I know he edged Burns. Burns was great. He fought great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Hamza and Kobe, I don't even know. But mm-hmm. there's a chance he loses to Hamza. Like, he... there. I don't think... Kobe will win the gold in this division. I just don't think he will, ever. Mm-hmm. Not for a long time. Yeah. I'm gonna... I'm gonna buy it for one for a couple reasons, not okay. the same reason as you though. I I I completely disagree that he can't beat Usman. I think he beat Usman in the second fight. Um, I think he showed in the first fight that he could beat Usman. I think he was up three to one in the first fight. Okay. Uh, obviously, he uh he had a broken jaw, got cracked. This shit happens, <laughs> okay. but uh last minute, I do think it was a horrible stoppage. I do think Usman got like fifteen shots to the back of the fucking head. I, so I why do you buy it like several times? I buy it because not only do I think he could beat Usman. I don't think he's going to be able to fight Usman again. I don't think Colby's going to contend. Uh, I think the only way Colby takes that Hamzat fight is if they tell him straight up, you will get a title fight no matter what. Uh, if you beat Hamzat, your next fight will be a title fight. They're not going to give him that. I think if Usman's still champ, I don't think they're going to immediately run back that Colby fight for the third fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Colby wants to win, uh, he'll have to go to middleweight or lightweight. I think if he could somehow make lightweight, I think he could... I think Colby would run lightweight. I think he'd beat Oliveira. I think he'd be... It'd be tough against Oliveira. That'd be the toughest fight for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know if he can run lightweight. I don't know. Um, He's a small... He's a small ultimate, man. He makes it easily. He, dude, it's not about, it's not about making cuts. it. It's about who's in lightweight for me. But anyway, carry yeah, on. Yeah, but Colby's, Colby's size, Colby's uh, fight style, it's, it's it really, genuinely, it is perfect for that lightweight division. I think he'd mop Poirier. I think he'd be able to definitely beat uh, Oliveira. That'd be the best fight for sure. I think him versus Islam would be the best fight. Okay, but then, like, um, think about middleweight, too. He's, yeah, then middleweight, he'd get destroyed. His, I think yeah, he'd kill get, Yeah, I don't, I don't think Colby has a chance. Yeah, you got Witty, you got Adesanya. Like, come yeah, on. <laughs> the, the, they'd kill him. I don't um, know if he can run lightweight, though. I really don't I'm, know. Uh, I think his size and his, his fighting style and his ability would definitely fit in lightweight. With welterweight... I don't think he's a single thing for Hamza. I think Hamza, Hamza against Burns fought like he was so excited. Dude fought to go to war, to go to hell. It was one of his worst uh, performances. It was one of the best fights. Like he's he's so much better than that than just the straight up brawl. And the fact that he got cracked with like some of the craziest punches ever and still fucking stood. Uh, Hamza mm-hmm. would destroy Colby. I don't think Colby would be able to hold him down at all. I don't think Colby could do anything to him. So you think he loses versus Hamza and he won't even have a chance to contend? I don't think he'll have a chance against Hamza. I don't think they'll give yeah, him I, that, I agree. I think we that guaranteed title fight, so he won't take it. I don't see him taking a fight against Bilal Muhammad because there's no appeal to that for him. He wants big fights. Uh, he won't fight Gilbert Burns because Gilbert just lost. Bilal sucks. Sorry, uh, Bilal, Bilal Muhammad fucking sucks. That guy's... I, I, fuck that guy. Um, Three decision wins in a row. He, he just beat uh, Vicente, right? Yeah, I think the best... The top four in that division are definitely Colby... Um, uh, well, without Colby, uh, Kamaru, Leon, Hamza, Gilbert, and then you could toss in. I think Shavkat Rahmanov was fighting this week. I think he's up there as well. I don't think Colby will be able to win a yeah. belt in the UFC anymore. I think that's it. I think his best shot is against Usman or going down the lightweight. He won't go down the lightweight for sure. Um, yeah, he said def- that before. Definitely not moving up. So it's and uh, he's 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 moving up. He said he'll definitely move up if he gets the right opportunity, but. I, he's not winning that middleweight belt ever. No, he's, he's he's just not. And then uh, his best shot is against Usman, and he he's not getting that shot again. All right, so we both buy that. Uh, next yeah. take is Israel Adesanya is a top three UFC fighter in the game right now. I'm buying it. Um, I mean, but, I mean, let's let's review the top three. Who, who's your top three? Skill for skill or pound for pound? If, if we're gonna do pound for pound, like how they normally do pound for pound rankings. I mean, the guy's literally listed top three pound for pound in the world. He's number three. Yeah, um, who's, so who's your top three? Uh, pound for pound. Uh, yeah. I would. I personally would put Volkanovski at one. 
uh, Oliveira at two, Usman at three. Um, but yeah. I mean, Izzy's number three pound for pound right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, I mean, I think he's lost some of his fights. Already. I think he lost the second Whitaker fight, and I think he lost the Yola Romero fight. Um, but decisions are decisions. That's just what happens. Uh, I mean, he is—he literally is number three pound for pound in the world. I don't see how that's a hot take at all. So, uh, skill for skill, not even close to me, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah. skill for skill, who's your top three? Oh, uh, mm, damn. Skill for skill, I'd say I would put. I it's hard, man. I for two of my top two, I definitely have Oliveira, Falkanovski. I put Max Holloway in there. Um, I would put. Would you put Jiri in Isla- there? Man, maybe Miss Salmakov. Who? <laughs> would you put Jiri in there? Jiri, no, no. Man, side. man, look, look, he's crazy, but he's, he just. I don't think you'd put him over Izzy though. Izzy's just so technical, man. He's so smooth, or not technical, <sighs> but he's. Like his skill is yeah. the reason he's number one, and Jiri's as a striker just, as a striker. His as skill. a striker, yes. Yeah. And then Jiri is number one because of his everything. Being a fucking psychopath and, and yeah, everything. He's a psycho, yeah. Though, yeah. His his defense, his striking defense is horrible though. He could he genuinely could lose to some people. And then Izzy's striking striking defense is like some of the Izzy's, best in the world. Yeah, top Izzy's definitely a top two. I think Izzy's the best striker in the UFC right now. Ah, he's he's top two. Who would you who would you put with him? I'd, uh, Volk? in 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 the in the area, I put Peter Jan. Oh, um, Volkanovski's there. Uh, I don't know much about Holloway; he gets hit too much. Yeah. Uh, but I think I I honestly personally I put Peter Jan up top. Um, yeah. No, I put Izzy up top. Jan at two. They're close. They're really close. One A, one B. So so all in all, you're buying the take that he's a top three fighter. Oh, uh, pound for pound, yeah. I mean, with all with all of his defenses, regardless of whether I think he lost some of the fights or not. He's number three pound for pound in the world. I don't hate it. It's it's I will buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it. He passes the eye test for top three. Like I haven't seen more than two guys who are just better fighters than him in my opinion. Purely because of how good he is at striking, obviously. But yeah, his his kickboxing is insane. All right, so uh, let's just quickly review uh, for our final topic. So that that does conclude our buy or sell segment. I did want to mention that. So shout yeah. out to anyone who did send us takes. Um, I love them this week. Abe is batch awesome. Uh, Ali Alsaman, Adam Yunus, Decamo nine six nine six, and uh, the guy El Chapo. Shout out to all of you guys, and we uh, anticipate more fans sending out uh, some takes for the future because we will be doing buy or sell on every podcast episode. Yeah, so shoot us DMs it, yeah. on Instagram, shoot us a DM on uh, TikTok, Twitter. Or join our Discord community and uh, just toss them in the chat and say this is one of my takes. And we will definitely uh, be willing to include them in the future episodes. Sure. So uh, last and last topic, last but not least, is the UFC Fight Night this past weekend. Uh, Cater versus Emmett. Uh, so I, I didn't actually get to watch it this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. I was out with my dad grabbing some steak uh, for Father's Day uh, <laughs> Saturday night. So I did not get to settle in and watch it. Tell me about it. What, what was... What was notable? Uh, it was honestly one of the best cards of the year. Uh, I still think card of the year was last card. The Oscar versus Tixera. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But this was tied uh, most knockouts in uh, in any card. Most knockouts. Not just finishes. Knockouts. There's one submission. Kevin Holland essentially knocked out and submitted to me. And Deanna yeah. Darce on him. It was crazy. I've seen, um, I seen some. Or I've seen a lot of dogs winning in the main card, too. Yeah, no. It was, dude, it was, it was a great. Josh Emmett ended up uh, getting a nod for decision. It was one of I think three or four decisions on that card on like nearly fifteen fights. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. We had a six fight main card, and then we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So thirteen, thirteen fights, only three or four decisions. Uh. Yeah. It would do. It was a great card. The notable sure. ones, you'd Phil Hawes using Duran Win as a punching bag. Um. <laughs> Jeez. It was horrible. No, it was genuinely horrible. Um, Kevin Holland looked really fast. I think his defense might not hold up uh, in the higher end of welterweight, but yeah, it it was it was interesting. Adrian Yanez put the fucking shit on Tony Kelly. He rocked the fuck out of him. It was it was insane. Any kick, anything Tony Kelly would throw at him, he whooped him. He knocked him the fuck out cold. Uh, Tony Kelly's kind of a racist, so like uh, everyone everyone was fucking 
uh, blowing up about it. Plus, Giannis fought in uh, Texas, and that's reminds me of how people would call Dustin Poirier a racist. <laughs> that was like that was like old Dustin, but I don't even know how. Yeah, no, they call Colby a racist, not Dustin. Oh, was it Colby? Yeah, it was Colby. Fault. I don't think Colby's a racist. He just, he just says like really wild shit uh, <laughs> about like Asians and stuff like that. But Tony Kelly literally said dirty fucking Brazilians and Jeez. Uh, he he no like it was he was in Andrew Lee's corner, which is his girlfriend, who's a flyweight fighter. Uh, and he was like, uh, they're dirty fucking Brazilians. That's what they fucking do. Like, and then he, he also doubled down. He was like, Latinos pick up dirt or some shit and they eat what dirt. What the like, fuck? Like, he, he like, doubled, yeah, this was after he got knocked if out. If you wanted to that. claim, if you wanted to claim that what he said originally was not racist. Cause like, he's just meaning like dirty in yeah. the sports sense. Yeah. Like he, he confirmed the original intuition with that second. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, Adrian Yanez, uh, yeah, no, Tony Kelly would go around and he's saying, like, these people call me a bigot and a racist. They're all they're all idiots. Uh, I hate everybody. I don't hate anybody individually. Like, I don't Oh, my okay. God. Here like, we go bro, with that shit. He's playing the bad guy. He, he starts flicking off the don't, crowd in Texas. Don't racist people just hate yeah. everybody anyway. <laughs> he started flicking the crowd off in Texas, which is, like, the most American freaking state possible. Um, Giannis fought, fight, uh, is from Texas, though. So they were huge on Giannis, and they were blowing up. It was so loud. When Giannis is knocking him out, it was crazy. Um, Giannis mm-hmm. flicked him off as soon as he got pulled by the ref, too, which is crazy. Because Tony Kelly, we kept flicking off the fans, and he flicked off the camera when they were. Oh, sounds entertaining. Sounds like a yeah. Uf- it Sounds like a UFC bout that went WWE style. That's what it, it sounds was, like. <laughs> I, I'm so happy Down Cerrone versus uh, uh, Joe Lazone got canceled again, just because they had Giannis and Kelly open up the main card. Uh, mm-hmm. they got moved up. Nice. It was it was sick. Um. Right. And then the next best fight up there was like a really uh, technical fight. There's Demiris Magula versus Guillermo Kuzaladze. I think there was horrible scorecards. Uh, it's a good thing most of them were finishes just because uh, so many, the so many of, the, of those good. four decisions, of those four decisions, two of them were really, really, really sketch. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, man, I, I, I'm, I'm sad I missed it, but I will be able to watch the next yeah. one. So there's that. You got to watch Actually, no, one I cookie. Won't. Def- I won't. I'm going to be out of town Saturday. Yeah, Sarukin versus Gamro. It's in the UFC Apex. There's no crowd, but it's still huge. You have to watch UFC 276 though. That's the one with Izzy, Volk, Max. Is that uh, beginning of July? That is July second. That is that. Oh yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. That's that's. Uh, I've already freed up that weekend because yeah. I know that I'm gonna be watching that with friends. So the only thing you got to rewatch from this card, honestly, obviously there's a bunch of shit to watch, but uh, there's the one minute knockout. It was Ricardo Ramos versus Danny Chavez. Ricardo Ramos has. Uh, one of four spinning back elbows, uh, for knockouts in the UFC, and he did it again. He set it up. Wow! And he is, or it was like one of three he had. Now he hit two of four or two of five. Now he literally set it up. It wasn't like a counter. He went in with a spinning elbow, and and he the guy was out cold on his feet. Like he deaded him Crazy. on the feet, and then he ended up knocking him out on his ass. That I definitely gotta watch that. It was insane. All right. Well, thanks for the recap on uh, last fight night, which was Kata Bruce Emmett. Great part. Uh, for those of you guys who missed it, make sure to go watch a recap or something because it sounds like some insane knockouts happened. I- I'm definitely it was a great card. Out. You guys definitely should watch some of the highlights on it. For sure. But uh, that does conclude episode three of Boncourt Sports Talk. Today we had a mock draft. We reviewed the NBA Finals and whether Iggy deserves his Finals MVP or not. We did a huge batch of buy and sell, which I love, and we reviewed uh, last Saturday's fight night. So make sure to tune in for episode four next week where we recap the sports world yet again with me, your host, Cass, and my fellow host, Daka. Uh, and that'll be on June 28th. So see you guys next out. week. We out.